To make sense of our world, we need to cast judgments on basically everything. If not, it is quite complicated to organize and to decipher. We need to judge things as good or bad, categorize experiences as comfortable or uncomfortable, and distinguish between what brings us positive versus negative emotions. This is a natural human process and it is a helpful process to undergo. Sorting our world makes it more simple for us, which makes us experience less confusion and doubt. But these judgments can go wrong. Many of our own judgments are misinformed and do not accurately represent reality. As old wisdom would say, there are three sides to every story. There's your side, the other side, and then there's the truth. However, we can certainly make stories However, we can certainly make strides toward aligning our judgments with what is true. This process ultimately comes back to ourselves and how we operate inside of our own minds. When we start to take a look at how we operate on the inside, we, click, we quickly realize that these judgments we cast out are not just on the things around us. We face the fact that we judge ourselves and we often do so quite viscerally. As coherently as we need to organize our outside world to the same degree, if not more, we need to organize our inside world. And to do so, we need to judge ourselves in just about every way. These self-judgments are a significant part of what holds us back when we are attempting to adapt our, our judgments of the world around us. In order to make sense of the world in a more adaptive way, we need to make sense of ourselves in the same manner. This means that we ourselves are often the root of the problem. We are where the issues lie. Nevertheless, we can change, we can learn, and we can evolve. The solutions to the issues within ourselves also lie within ourselves, and we are capable of accessing them. So how do we judge ourselves? What are the most high leverage areas of focus when trying to address this? As you could fairly assume, this question is extremely complex and complicated. There are an overwhelming number of ways in which we do this, and each individual person will judge themselves in a unique way. Whether those judgments are positive or negative, the ways in which we examine and assess ourselves are common. In the paragraphs below, I will attempt to break down some of the most common ways in which we judge ourselves. In doing so, I have two goals in mind. First, identify some of these methods so you, you can be aware of them and spot them when you see yourself applying them. Second, suggest more adaptive ways of judging ourselves. First, we often judge the validity of our own thoughts and ideas. When trying to create something new, make a hard decision, develop an argument against someone else's point, take a step into unknown territory, or do a number of other things, we are often met with the thought of, that's stupid, that doesn't make sense, or that will never work. These sorts of thoughts may be true, but they are often not true. Instead of siding with the negative side of believing that they are true, it is better to ask ourselves how we know, rationally, that these thoughts are true. If we have not yet tried to put that thought or idea out into the world for a large sample of people with respectable opinions to analyze, then there is no way for us to know. So instead of constantly hitting ourselves back down into a hole, 
Why not actually put those thoughts and ideas out there? We often judge others' perceptions of ourselves. We are likely to judge these perceptions to be more extreme than they actually are in both a positive and negative direction. For example, when someone tells us that they don't want to talk to us anymore, we can make it out to be all about us, the things we have done wrong, and how bad of a person we are. In reality, it is likely to be something on their end that leads them to that decision, whether it be the other person needing to take time to work through things themselves or to invest themselves into other areas of their life. From there, we can start to ask ourselves why we default into these false perceptions for which we do not have enough evidence. Are these perceptions of others a reflection of the way we see ourselves? Whenever we make these quick judgments and those judgments are leading to negative emotions, it is helpful to take a step back to assess how we know others' perceptions are what they are. To go a step beyond that, we also need to ask ourselves whether those opinions matter to us and if they should matter to us at all. We can also be consumed by the belief that we are not malleable and that we cannot change. When we make an attempt to change that does not result in anything positive that we can perceive, we may start telling ourselves that it's not meant to be or that's just how we are. Although it may seem that this is the case, we simply do not have enough of a sample size of attempts for this to be true. Additionally, when we take a step back to examine our attempt, we will likely find that we could have made a better attempt in some capacity. We could have tried harder, we could have added an additional activity to enhance the likelihood of success. We could have continued the trial over a long period of time. We could have removed something that was inhibiting us from experiencing a positive effect. And the list goes on. Another interesting way in which we judge ourselves is through our fear of the consequences of saying or doing something that is true to who we really are. We can feel like the world that we have built for ourselves is too fragile and we are not willing to risk rupturing it. We don't think that we can afford to throw it all away. And if we did throw it away, we think that we would never be able to recover. However, when we fall into this line of thinking, we fail to realize the consequences of complacency that come later. The main consequence is regret. Laying on our deathbed, we look back and mentally beat ourselves up for the things we didn't do. One of the strongest regrets that could come to mind would be the regret of not taking a step to truly be ourselves and putting ourselves out there. We never become what we may have been if we had taken the leap to live and to be our authentic selves on our own terms. If we can see this fear through this longer term lens, then we can better rationalize the risk of rupturing those fragile worlds. And in doing so, we are more than likely to realize that any alternative to living in a world in which we cannot be our authentic selves is better. Additionally, we can fall into thinking that mistakes will kill us and there is no way back. We do something in which we fail and the negative feelings and thoughts that accompany that experience are overwhelming. We don't want to go back and experience that again. That is a completely reasonable way to feel. It wouldn't be advantageous for us to feel good about failure. However, 
we have to balance those feelings with rational with rational with rational thoughts our feelings are decent indicators but they certainly do not paint the whole picture and to take challenging steps forward we often need to go against these emotions and against the initial negative self-talk we may experience and to do so we have to first consciously recognize that mistakes and failure are what teach us and that there is a way back in fact the most likely scenario is a way back. All we have to do is allow ourselves to see this, this way back and follow the path. The most common route back is reflecting on our experiences of failure through a rational lens, not one that is tied to our emotions. And seeing ourselves more objectively, and not tying our emotions to our thinking, we can realize that the initial feelings we associate with mistakes are often misleading and that they are not emotions that we are actively deciding to feel. With this realization in mind, whenever we experience failure again, we can revisit this realization and reinforce it, which will likely reduce the intensity of the negative emotions and thoughts we experience in failure over time. One of the strongest feelings of judgment toward ourselves manifests in feeling like we are behind everyone else. This has seemed to affect most of us at various points in our lives. With the heightened presence of social media in our lives, we have more opportunities than ever to compare ourselves to those around us. We can see what people around the world who are our age and come from similar circumstances are doing. And there will almost certainly be individuals who have experienced a great deal of success and happiness. These feelings of being less than others when we see others succeeding or living great lives are fairly common. However, is it truly reasonable to react negatively to this? Does the success or happiness of others to whom we are not connected have anything to do with our lack of the same level of success or happiness? Does someone else's success or happiness at a certain point in their life that mean that we will never be able to attain our own success or happiness? The answers to these questions are clear. We are on our own paths. These paths arrive to peaks and valleys at unique points in comparison to those of others. Our paths are made of completely different materials to those of others as well. So why does it make sense to compare in the first place? Similarly to the previous example, the reinforcement of this realization when we experience feelings of negative self-judgment will likely lessen the intensity of them. Consequently, the likelihood of experiencing that negative self-judgment in the first place will also decrease over time. Lastly, and arguably one of the most damaging self-judgments we can cast, is feeling like we're not enough. This is one of the most saddening examples we can find in others or in ourselves. The intensity of the negative emotions we experience in these moments is quite strong. The overwhelming nature of them inhibits us from taking a step back and looking at ourselves more rationally. This inhibition also likely inhibits the realization of our ability to grow and the dynamism of our being. We are always capable of changing and reinventing ourselves. If we are in a bad place today, that does not mean that we must be in a bad place tomorrow. If we are casting these damaging self-judgments upon ourselves today, it does not mean that we must cast these damaging self-judgments upon ourselves tomorrow. Within this dynamism, we must also realize that there are an endless number of characteristics with which we could describe ourselves. When we feel like we are not enough, 
we are only seeing the negative ones. However, the presence of negative characteristics in states does not necessitate a lack of positive characteristics in states. When we are not in such a negative state, we can quite easily realize this. So when we are not in those negative states, we need to realize those things and to keep them present. These realizations must then inform the way in which we fight against damaging self-judgments when they appear. Whether it is writing it down somewhere that is always accessible to us, or asking a friend to remind us of our positive characteristics and traits when we are experiencing these negative emotions, we have the, the ability to step past these damaging self-judgments, no matter their intensity. These points of judgment are just the beginning. However, they are a great place to start. The way in which we see ourselves and how those perceptions influence the way in which we make sense of the world around us is wildly complex and intricate. Yet, it is so fascinating. And as difficult as it is, we must accept the judgments we currently have of ourselves in the world. And we must understand that we are not confined to a life of solely seeing ourselves in the world in this way. These judgments can change, no matter how complicated and challenging of changes they may be. We are all capable of this, and in my view, we owe it to ourselves to see it this way. Thanks for tuning in. I so, so, so appreciate you listening to this episode. It means so much, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon. Cheers.